1: you
2: and I opened up Steve Jobs because he opened them up himself for us. What did we discover? We've looked at the life of someone who had every single thing the world could offer. Multi-billionaire, brilliant man, changed the world, did so much good, super, super organization. What was happening as he was facing
0: death? He's still searching for purpose and meaning. And wow, Steve Jobs. A man who, by all appearances, had it all together. More money than all but a few people in the world. Freedom to do virtually whatever he wanted. And yet, he died like the rest. Just like you're going to die one day if the Lord tarries longer. Just like all of your unsaved family and friends. Pastor Mark wants to emphasize the importance of reaching out to those around you with the message of forgiveness and new life in Christ. You're not responsible for saving them. That's Jesus' job. Your job is simply to tell people about Jesus and then let the Holy Spirit do His work on them. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark. In Philippians chapter 4, with part 3 of his message, stand firm in God.
1: Lord, let, us hear your lessons for
2: now, let me read you something. 1 Timothy 4. Just stay where you're at because we're going to be close by. Here's what it says 1 Timothy 4 1. Now, the Holy Spirit tells us clearly that in the last times, some will turn away from the true faith. They will follow deceptive spirits and teachings that come from demons. Now, Paul is not talking about unbelievers. He's talking about people that are coming to church like we're here, you're here. And when they come, the pastors, the teachers dilute the word, deny the word and doubt the word. And pretty soon The people go, well, yeah, that's not, I mean, that can't be true. I know this for a fact. You can go to many churches around the world today. We just got finished. As I told you, we're doing Route 66, and we're doing a book of the Bible every week or two weeks, and we're going to go through all 66. Here's what many biblical people, pastors in the church, say about Genesis. It's myth. It's all myth, especially the first 11 chapters is just myth. Really? Were you there? Well, if I throw that out, what else do I throw out? So they become wise, but they're really fools. And yet many people now believe that. Well, if I do that, what happens? Well, I, we're sin. Can you define sin? What about the Savior in Genesis 3.15? His promised. Is that gone too? So understand, if Satan can't defeat us from the outside, what does he do? He comes inside the church. He's very wise. And so he's infiltrated many of our churches. Now we have thousands that are solid right on. But you don't want to go to a church where the pastor says, Well, I'm not sure I really believe all of this. Just get up right now. By the way, if you're watching this and you're going to some other church, just give your resignation to your pastor, pray for him, and go to a church that believes in the word of God. Because you're being deceived. And Satan is doing it. Now, that warning wasn't just for them. That warning's for us now. Go to 2 Timothy, you're close by, chapter 4. I want you to see the solution to this. And that's why we're here. 2 Timothy, chapter 4, go down to verse 2. Paul says to Timothy, Timothy, you're going to have to stand against false teaching. It's going to be in your church. It's going to be all over the place. Well, what should I do? Here's what he says. Timothy, preach the word, all of it. Be prepared in season, out of season. Correct. Rebuke, encourage, all of those, with great patience and careful instruction. So the solution is always the word taught in balance. I need to be corrected. Sometimes I need to be rebuked. I shouldn't have done that. You know what that means. But I also need to be taught. That's what I'm doing for you today. Teach you the word of God. And how do we do it? We try to encourage you with great patience and careful instruction. You have to take these things at home and go. Okay, am, am I really getting squeezed? Am, am I thinking more like the world than I'm thinking like God? Well, then I need to. I need to do something if that's happening in my life. Look at verse three. For the time will come when men—that's basically you, the church—will not put up a sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, every man did that which is right in his own eyes, they will gather around them, and I wish this wasn't in the Bible, but it is, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what they, their ears wants to hear. You see, the minute the church listens to what the people want to hear, the church is gone. I don't want to hear what you want to hear. I want to hear what God wants you to hear. And it's right here in the Bible. Now look at verse 4. It's shocking. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to miss. Not just false teaching, just total miss. So Paul says to Timothy, Timothy, stand firm by teaching the Word of God. Teach all of it. Don't delude it. Don't deny it. Make sure that people believe it. Never compromise the truth of God's Word. That's what we stand for here. We're far from perfect, but we want you to hear the Word and then obey the Word. Understand this. Correct living is always rooted in correct doctrine. Now, why the Word of God? Next statement you want to write is this. The Bible is alive. And it's powerful and it will change any life. That's why Satan doesn't want it taught. The truth of this word can change any life. You haven't sinned too much. You'll never be good enough to go to heaven. You're not too young. You're not too old. God loves second beginnings. God's for you. He's not against you. He who began a good work in you will finish it. You can't do anything without God, but with him, you can do everything. Shall I go on and on and on? That's the principles of the word of God. And that's the truth that you and I must know and use in our life. Now, waiting patiently to go to heaven through the rapture, is not sitting in that rocking chair at the Cracker Barrel. Here's the next thing you want to write. Standing firm does not mean standing still. If you've ever been to England, you go to the Buckingham Palace, and you see these guys in these uniforms, they may have to be spray-painted in them or whatever, and they'll stand like this forever. Okay. And you, you know, you go up to him and you try, hey, let me see your a smile. You try to do whatever. They're like there for 12 hours. If that Jew is a Christian today, get loose in Jesus Christ, would you right now? See, standing firm doesn't mean standing still. He said to Timothy, Timothy, preach the word. Get into it. Be part of it. Now, you and I. We, I listen to a lot of different teachers, not on a regular basis, just different basis because I like to get fed by brilliant guys. David Jeremiah is a solid guy. Listen to him. Those who are loyal to the word of God may be mocked and ridiculed. They may even suffer physically. A Christian who attends a city council meeting and expresses a strong biblical conviction may be laughed at. A Christian teenager who takes his Bible to school for an after school Bible study may be ridiculed by the peers. A Christian legislator who rises to present a bill and argues from a biblical perspective may be accused of violating church-state separation. Any or all of these Christians may be labeled as a religious fanatic. For some, that pressure is too strong. The price to pay, too high. But if you are a Christian, it's your responsibility not to be conformed to the world around you to remain loyal to the word of God, regardless of the cost. Amen. Now, last Sunday, some of you watched the Miami Dolphins lose again. And it'll be another one this afternoon, so just get ready. The opposite quarterback, Tim Tebow. Full-on Christians. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what the Christians do on the other team, but whatever. <laughs> but at the end of the game, when Nationwide TV, because it was a miracle, came out at the end, he won. What did Tim Tebow say? The first thing I want to do is thank my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Yeah. 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 And what do you hear from newscasting? Eh, that radical idiot again and whatever. So be it. Because we're right. We're right. Stand firm in the Lord. I want to encourage you. Thanks for being here. Thanks for bringing your Bible. Thanks for enduring. Thanks for not giving in to temptation. Thanks for not giving in to false teaching. Don't worry about persecution. I'm proud of you. Stand firm in the Lord. Now, here's the third key. Why do we need to be sharing the good news with zeal and urgency? Here it is. Write it down. People are searching... For purpose and meaning in their life. The reason I have to be passionate about sharing is that 98% of the world will never experience the rapture. But 100% of the world, uh, 98% of those people will absolutely die. The end result? Heaven or hell. Now I want you to look at me at all of our campuses. I'm going to read you a few sentences. Back in 1997... I underwent, unexpectedly, open-heart surgery. And you know what they do? They, they cut you right here. And they just, I've watched it afterward. And I don't like to watch it, to be honest with you. They just take your chest and they break the bones and open it like this. I'm going to show you this morning a spiritual picture of that. You're going to see God show us the inside of a searching man. Who's looking for answers. And before I read it and tell you who it is. I want you as I read it. To understand that every single lost person. Is just like this man. In his honesty. Every friend and neighbor and co-worker and student. And person you work with that doesn't know Christ. Is in the same search mode. And if you and I could open them up and look inside them. We would see the questions they're asking. So listen to it as I read you from a biography of Steve Jobs this morning. Listen. The late Apple co-founder and self-proclaimed Buddhist, Steve Jobs, reportedly began questioning God and the meaning of life in the months before his death. So there is a biographer basically Steve was a very private man, but he allowed this man to write everything. I remember, he says, the biographer, sitting in his backyard in his garden one day, and Steve started talking about God. He said, sometimes I believe in God. Sometimes I don't. I think it's 50-50, maybe. Maybe. But ever since I've had cancer, I've been thinking about it more. Now, why? You see, the closer we get to death, the more we begin asking, what's after death? Now, the wisest man in the world, I have many more to read. You're just sitting a little glimpse. The wisest man in all the Bible, Solomon said this, God has put eternity in our heart. I don't care what you believe. You can be the greatest atheist in the world. And you believe that when you die, there's nothing. But you know, inside you, there's a truth. That truth is that you will live somewhere forever. Every single human being was, that was put by God. You can't, you can deny it, but it's there. So as he's getting close to death, he begins thinking about God. Then listen to this. And I find myself believing a bit more. I kind of, maybe it's because I don't want to believe. I I want to believe in an afterlife. That when you die, it doesn't just all disappear. Then he paused for a second and he said, Yeah, but sometimes I think it's like an on-off switch. Click and you're gone. There's nothing. Steve paused again and he said, and that's why I don't like putting on-off switches on Apple devices. Now, I want you to think about that for a moment. So how long has he been thinking about eternity? Way before he was ever sick. Do you got it? He would have never admitted it back then, but he wouldn't put it on his anything he made because he's thinking about. That should say something to us. By the way, as I'm reading this, there's some of you going through the same questions this morning. Unlike Steve, and I have no idea what happened to Steve, God only knows if he came to the Lord. But you can come to the Lord this morning. So listen up. Then Steve says this, I saw my life as an ark, kind of like a rainbow. And that it would end, and compared to that, nothing mattered. Now, listen to this. Steve says, you're born alone. You're going to die alone. And does anything else really matter? I mean, what is it exactly? Is it that you have to lose, Steve? Well, what do you have to lose, Steve? You know, there's nothing. And then it says that Job spent years studying Zen Buddhism. But he was baptized as a Christian and confirmed in the Lutheran Church, the Missouri Synod. Long before he discovered the Eastern religion, he got angry at Christianity and left. According to the book, Jobs gave up Christianity at the age of 13 and never went back to the church again. Toward the end of his days, he said this. One time, Jobs said, different religions are different doors to the same house. Different religions are are different doors to the same house. Have you ever heard that before? Maybe not that, but here's what you've heard. All roads lead to God. That's a nice way. Because everybody wins. You see, there's not just one house. There's two houses. Then he says this. Sometimes I think the house exists. And sometimes I don't. It's a great mystery. So as you and I opened up Steve Jobs, because he opened up himself for us, what have we discovered? We've looked at the life of someone who had every single thing the world could offer. Multi-billionaire, brilliant man, changed the world, did so much good. Super, super organization What was happening as he was facing death? He's still searching for purpose and meaning in life. You see, without a personal relationship with God, you have no purpose. Because God created you with the purpose of worshiping him and serving him and loving him and sharing that principle to the world. You know, Bill Graham tells us a lot of things. I want you to write this statement down. And I want you just to put it in your Bibles. Some of you know it, but I want, you to, I want you to understand it. Here's what Billy Graham says. Unbelievers are empty, lonely, guilty, and afraid of death. Now let's just see Steve Jobs look like that. He's empty. Yeah, he's got everything the world can offer, but he's trying to figure out if there's any purpose is that it? Is the art just the end? I'm like 50-50. I'm trying to find purpose. How about lonely? What did he say? You're born alone and you, you die alone. I'm not going to die alone. You're not going to die alone. When I die, you guys will all be here and praising God and saying good things about me and about two weeks later, you'll never remember who I am again. Because there would be a new guy here. Not my wife though. Because she's going to take my ashes and you know, put them in the rose garden I told you about. Then she's going to look for the next guy. This is going to be seven, eight or something like that. I don't know. Whatever. But I'm not dying alone. Because absent from the body, present with the Lord. So, I mean, we're not going to die alone. Look, look at the next one. Guilty. Steve Jobs knows from his Christian background. You'll never be good enough to go to heaven. He knows that. But he just blanked it out in his mind. And how about the last one? Was Steve Jobs afraid of death? Yes, he was. He said, Professor Mark, I'm not afraid of death. I am. I'm not afraid after death. I don't like death. I don't want it coming. If you do, we need help. Pray for you. We'd pray for you. <laughs> but it's gonna come. Now, why did I ask you to write that in the Bible? Because the next time you have an opportunity for your unsafe friend, you're gonna say to them, Excuse me, you're empty, lonely, guilty, and afraid of death that's foolishness that's like this like if i had up here a, a sledgehammer i want to show the world that they need jesus christ boom how did jesus show that the world needed jesus christ by loving them if you have a sledgehammer cut the handle and put it away the heart of love has to be there and i want to say this to you because sometimes we have the wrong And I prayed about it this morning a lot. Listen to the statement I want to make. Searching, doubting, confused people are always welcome at CCM. Searching, confused, doubting people is why the church exists. We are a hospital. By the way, anybody here ever empty, lonely, guilty, and afraid of death? Anybody before you came to Christ? Sure you were. How'd we get here? Somebody with a sledgehammer? No, with the love of God. See, the cross is the love of God. God so loved the world that he sent his son for you and for me. Evidently, Steve Jobs didn't understand... Some of the basic Christian scriptures. Let me give you a huge one. Remember he said. There's lots of doors to the same house. Jesus knew people would say that. John ten nine, Jesus says it like this. Yes. I am the door. And those who come in through me. Will be saved. See there's lots of doors. But there's only one door to heaven. This church can't get you to heaven. The Catholic Church can't get you to heaven. No church can get you to heaven. Certainly, I can't get you to heaven. Good works will not get you to heaven. Only Jesus Christ will get you to heaven. Now, I don't know whether Steve ever came to that, or we don't know. We just trust God. God's a loving God. He doesn't want anybody to perish. But I want to say this to you. Since 98% of the world are going to die, minus the rapture, we have a big job ahead. Currently right now, tomorrow morning, probably 5 billion people that don't know Christ. What do we need to do about it? We need to be standing firm and sharing the gospel. Not with a sledgehammer, but with the love of God in our heart. We need to make a difference in this world. And the only way we're going to do it is to stand firm in the Lord and the power of the Spirit. That's why we're here. And that's the message that I give to you.
0: Today, Pastor Mark continued his teaching about standing firm in God. He reminded you that this is not a passive sitting around, but being active while anticipating his return. He reminded you of the emptiness of a life without Jesus, and he encouraged you to try to talk to your unsaved family and friends about the love and peace that a life-serving Jesus offers them. This completes the teaching, Stand Firm in God. Next time, Pastor Mark will begin the teaching, Stand United for the Sake of the Gospel. He will be talking about God's desire to see unity among the people of earth, and particularly in the church. He will be showing you places in the Bible where God speaks of unity, and he will begin to teach you how to make that happen in your life. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne.
1: In a hurry